Well, you could do a lot worse than John Gale. He's a good man. So are you. No. I'm not. I'm many things, but a good man is not one of them. But you could be. If you wanted to. Well, that's just it. I don't want to. See, Kansas is full of good men. Church-going men that get married and raise families. Men like John Gale. Men like my father. Who spent his whole life tilling the dirt. Just to die face down in it. I don't want that, Annie. I don't want to be a good man. I want to be a great one. I want to be... Harry Houdini and Thomas Edison all rolled into one. You know, the world teaches us that to win in the game of life, that we need to be strong. We need to be great and, and powerful. We need to, to possess all that the world has to offer. If we truly want to become all that we can be, we have to chase what they're offering. We have to chase after all of those things. And so we chase, my friends, a mist. We chase a mirage. We chase the wind. We chase after those things, hoping we're going to reach them. And as soon as we reach out for them, we realize, wait, there's, there's nothing there. There's nothing there because the truth is they offer a grand illusion. <laughs> oh, I never get sick of saying this. I'm really sorry, but it is really fun to be writing a sermon and call it the Grand Illusion because for the right reasons and to think, man, there was a song called the Grand Illusion by Sticks, I think it was, and to be able to call them up and say, hey, can you do that? And it's like, bam. Oh, I love it. And the words fit in, don't they? That's great. <laughs> Oh, you know what? We've been doing this series called Great to Good. The contrast in the Bible. One thing the world tells us and then what does the Bible tell us about how to become the person God has created to be. How to fulfill all that God has for us on this earth. And so in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7, we start here again. It says, To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Here we go again. When I am weak, then I am strong. A contrast there to what the world says, to what the world has to offer us. Everyone seems to be, everyone in this world seems to want to be, to be great and powerful. They want to be powerful. No one wants to appear as weak. Everyone wants to appear as powerful so they can get to the top. Some use the intensity of their emotions 
to control other people. Other people use a dominant, a dominant personality to get their way. And then there are those who would use the influence of their wealth or their so-called intellectual superiority to intimidate those around them. But like the story of Oz, these may cause the illusion of strength. But in reality, my friends, in reality, they're really just signs of weakness. That's all it is. The illusion of strength. But in reality, they're just signs of weakness. What the world presents to us as believers in Christ as strength is the opposite. In this series, I've been trying to explain this, and I've said this for the last 13 years here at Grace Chapel, but what usually, whatever the world believes, turn it upside down, and that's usually what God believes 95% of the time. That's usually the truth. So they offer us this illusion of strength, when in reality, it's truly just weakness. True strength comes when we have the courage to admit our limitations and acknowledge our dependence on God. That is true strength. When we we can admit our limitations and acknowledge our dependence on God. Do you want to be strong? Do you want to live a dynamic life? Do you want to fulfill all that God has for you? all the reasons that you were created, do you want that for your life? Then you need to admit your limitations. You need to humble yourself and admit your weaknesses and depend on Him. Turn over dependence of your life to Him. You see, as a result of the way the world looks at it, true strength often looks like weakness when it's not. But that's how it's presented to us. True strength, what, what strength truly is, looks like weakness because that's what we constantly hear. When it's not weakness, Moses is a perfect example. In Numbers chapter 12, in verse 3, it says this. Now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. The Bible says that Moses was meek. Last week we talked about meekness. Meekness is strength under control. Strength under control. Do you want to know a strong man or a strong woman? Do you want to follow someone who's strong? A strong person is, has strength but under control. They don't lash out. They don't, they don't just fly off the handle. They have the ability, even when they're being attacked, to have their strength under control. They don't usually have to go back and apologize for words that were said because they were able to control their words. They were able to control their actions. Meekness and humility sound like weakness, if you will, to the world. When you say to them, this person is meek, this person is humble, the world thinks to themselves, oh, they're, they're weak. They're weak. But in reality, meekness and humility are the very foundation of true strength. That's what strength is. It's humility. It's the ability to say you are sorry. It's the ability to humble yourself before God and sometimes before others. It is the ability to lose sometimes in order to win. Sometimes you have to lose to win. Think about Jesus Christ on the cross. He teaches us that lesson on the cross. That's what we need. Moses didn't use the strength that God had given him for his own, to gain power for himself or to manipulate other people, but to help people. 
to strengthen other people, to improve their lives. He understood. Moses understood. He had insight that people around him didn't have. He grew up as a prince of Egypt. So he understood intimately the illusion of worldly power. He was on the inside. He saw it from the inside. He could experience it. People from the outside look at other people's lives, look at their neighbor's lives, look at all the things that are going on TV and all those things, and they think, I wish I could have that. That's true power. That's true whatever achievement. Those are the, that's what I'm striving for. Moses knew it from the inside, from the inside out. And instead of depending on his own strength, he depended on the strength that only comes from God. And that is what made him successful. When Paul prayed in verse 9 that the afflictions that he was facing would be taken away, God says to him, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. My strength, my power is made perfect in your weakness. Do you want to be strong? Do you want to, do you want to have, again, all that God has for your life? Do you want to accomplish it? Do you want to have the ability to move forward and overcome whatever you're facing in your life? You need to understand the principle that when I am weak, then I am strong. And that's how Paul responds. God says to him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made or my power is made perfect in your weakness. And Paul responds in verse 10, when I am weak, then I am strong. When I'm at my weakest, then I'm at my strongest. And you're like, man, wait, that that, that doesn't make any sense. You see, and because it doesn't make sense to people, most people prefer the illusion of strength to the reality of their weaknesses. They'd rather, it's an, and it is an illusion, just so you know, it is an illusion. Most people walking around this planet acting like they're all that, like they have it all together, like they're powerful and they're strong and they can't be this and I have it all and I can pull myself my own bootstraps. They're usually little boys, and they're usually big boys and big girls, but inside they're little boys and little girls. There's a lot of weakness. They, they, it's overcompensating much of the time for what's really going on in their lives. And most people, they keep so busy. They go, 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 go. You see these people, they're always moving, they're always going, they're always moving, they're always going because the reality is if they ever slowed down to look at their lives, they'd be overwhelmed and probably have a nervous breakdown. So they go. And they have this illusion. And most people have the illusion. They, they prefer the illusion of strength to the reality of their own weaknesses. And that, my friends, is a problem. It's a problem for us spiritually. We need to understand a very important, deep biblical truth. This is extremely important that we grasp this. Whatever helps you recognize your weaknesses... Whatever helps you recognize your weaknesses carries with it the greatest potential for your own personal and spiritual success and growth. Whatever helps you recognize your weaknesses carries with it your greatest potential, the greatest potential for your personal and spiritual success and growth. We need to be able to recognize our weaknesses. We need to be able to humbly go before God and acknowledge that we don't we can't we can't pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps all the time. 
When you reach deep down inside, you go deep down. I'm going to reach deep down. I'm going to pull. Sometimes you all know this too. Anyone who's been through a lot, anyone who's been through some fights and some battles in life realizes sometimes you reach down and you pull up what? Nothing. There's nothing there. But there's always something there. When you humble yourself before God, when you are, when you admit your weakness, because through your weakness, God expresses his power. Weakness in the Bible becomes strength because it leads to dependence on God. There it is. Weakness becomes strength in this life because you are acknowledging your dependence on. It leads to dependence on God. The phrase, when I am weak, then I am strong, sounds like a contradiction. How can you be strong when you're weak? And that's what the world promotes. How can that be? How can you be strong when you're weak? That's what the world teaches us. So we have a tendency when we feel weak to try to control everything. Don't poke anybody next to you. Okay? We have a tendency when we feel weak to try to control everything, to try to hold everything together. And, you know, no no picking on the women, but when it comes to some of these things, it's true, right? You want to try to hold it all together. Things are going all over the place. You know, life is really challenging. And you you seem to be the one who's responsible for kind of holding it all together. And it becomes overwhelming. When you try to, to, to face life with the illusion that I'm in control, men and women, teenagers, kids, doesn't matter. When you, when you focus on the illusion that I'm in control and that I somehow, no matter what happens, can hold everything together. But when you think that way, you also realize, you also know the pressure that comes with the illusion of control. With the illusion of control, with trying to keep everything in your life all neat and all organized and and everything's orderly on the outside, but on the inside, what's really happening? There's a battle raging through your life, a battle you're losing because you're trying to do it in your own strength. You're trying to do it in your own power. After a while, your strength and your power, my strength and my power will run out. God's given us just so much. That's why he says, when you become weak and humble, when you humble yourselves and admit your weaknesses, that is when my power works through you. That is when I can really get to work in your life. Most of us feel, feel, we know what it feels like to be embarrassed. We know what it feels like to be disappointed. We know what rejection feels like. We know intimately what the pain of loss feels like. We know, what the, we know intimately what failure feels like. Most of us understand that. We've gone through that in our lives. We realize that regardless how much control that we think that we have in our lives, there comes a time when the internal pressure becomes too much for you and I to bear. We understand that. All of us here. Understand that. That's the reality of life. You know what I'm talking about. What is it for you in your life? What is it that that is, is out of your control? That has become too much for you to bear, but you can't admit it. But what is it? I'm not asking you to hold your hand up and and say it out loud. I'm just between the two of us and between you and God. You just need to admit what it is. That financial stress that you under, you can't you can't hold it up much longer. 
You won't hold up much longer under it. That relationship that's broken is breaking you. Your back's not that strong. Your heart is not that strong. Your will is not that strong. Your emotions are not that strong. The stress will overwhelm you. Maybe it's a physical challenge. So many people suffer in silence. The people all around you have gone through things that you couldn't possibly imagine. The problem is so many of us are holding on to the fact or the thought that we somehow can dig down deep, pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps, dig down deep and pull something out that's going to get us through the it's not going to work forever. It's not working now, honestly. It isn't really working now. I'm not kidding you. At any given time, I believe this all my heart. You could take anyone around you at work or at school, whatever. And if you got them alone in a room and you said a few of the right words and got them talking, they would be they would be bawling their eyes out. They're, they're right on the edge. That's why, like I said in the beginning, that's why some people stay so busy, keep going and don't want to think. They go, 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 because the moment they stop and think, I'm telling you, they don't have the, 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 the strength, the emotional strength to hold on to, to keep up with all the pressure that they're under. You don't need to keep you need don't, you don't need to keep up the facade. God's saying, hey, let go. Allow me to show you true strength. Humble yourself. Admit your weakness. Get with someone. I'm encouraging you to get with someone. If you're a woman, get with a woman. If you're a guy, get with a guy. Sit down with them and express what's going on in your life and let them know I am not, I am, I, I can't handle this anymore. I need, I need you to pray with me. But I need to pray before God and admit my weakness so his strength will work through me. You need to talk to someone else. You can't keep living this facade. It doesn't work. Look at all the people who propagated in the world. Their lives are a mess. I'm going to tell you something. What I've learned in life, most people function in dysfunction. They have learned to function within dysfunction. You think, well, they got it all together. No, they don't. They re- I promise you, they really, they really don't. Most people cannot function that way for long and there's and, and, and so they, they, they get overwhelmed. They they don't they don't feel like they can handle the, the, the pressure. And here's the thing. Most of us don't enjoy feeling weak. And herein lies the problem. Each person in this room, I don't I don't like feeling weak. OK, I don't like feeling physically, emotionally or spiritually weak. I just it's just something human. There's something within each of our spirits that wants to resist the thought of being or becoming weak. It's part of humanity. It's and some of it, you know, but here and here, here are the two biggest reasons, the two biggest culprits that resist our ability to just admit our weaknesses. We resist it. Here are the two biggest reasons for resistance. Number one is fear and number two is pride. Let me let me try to explain it to you. Many of us, when we were younger, went through some experiences in our lives, some, some things that happened in our lives that were completely out of our control. We had no control of these things. And these experiences are ingrained in our lives. They're ingrained into our very, very spirits. And as we, as we grow up and we become more, in, we have the ability to control most of our choices in life, most of the decisions that we face, we try to avoid similar situations fearing a repeat of the past. 
Something may have happened to you when you were six years old, and now you're 56 years old. I'm going to tell you right now, you avoid that situation like the plague. Anything that smells like that situation that you went through, anything that made you feel the way you felt when you were six or eight or 10 or, or 15 years old, whatever it is, you avoid that with, like the plague. You don't want anything to do with it because of the fear that it conjures up, that you're going to have to go through that experience all over again, all over again. The idea of being weak, the idea of being vulnerable to some people is overwhelming. The idea of being put back in that situation is completely overwhelming. So we create the illusion of strength. We create the illusion of strength and control, trying to protect ourselves. But what we're really doing instead is becoming a slave, a slave to our fear. That fear now controls you. You will avoid it. If, it takes, if, if you can get from here to here in a straight line, if there's something right in the middle that reminds you of that experience, you will go completely out of your way to avoid that experience. It controls your life. You have the illusion of strength. You have the illusion of control. But in reality, that fear has enslaved you. You are controlled by the fear. The second powerful force is this whole, this whole area of pride. It's this prideful spirit that we have. The same way weakness brings God's strength, brings us the power and the strength of God, pride carries with it an equal or greater potential for failure. For our failure and our defeat. Pride cannot coexist, okay, cannot biblically coexist with love and humility. Pride cannot coexist with biblical love and humility. It must be removed if we want to experience the joy, the peace, the contentment that we find in an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. It needs to be removed from our lives. That's what God was saying to Paul. Paul did not want to allow pride to influence Paul's life. God wanted to use Paul in a powerful way. And pride was one of those temptations that could have derailed him. If pride is in your heart, there will be a disconnect between you and God. There's no way around it. Because pride does not want to submit itself to God. Pride, a prideful spirit, can't stand to be humbled. But see, the problem is that's what God wants for his people. God wants us to be humble, but pride cannot stand to be humbled. We'll not apologize. You know people like this. Their pride, and, and pride based upon fear, okay, based upon the illusion of things, the illusion of control, their pride holding, holding back from being able to say, I'm sorry, or I was wrong, or, you know, in any, any way, because if they admit that, somehow their whole life is going to fall apart. So they have this spiritual, that not even spiritual, they have this pride that keeps them, that keeps them at a distance from God. James 4, 6 says this, but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, now listen, it's not neutral. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He opposes the proud, 
Those who try to those who try to lift themselves up, God will humble them. Those who are humbling themselves, God will lift them up. That's the way it works. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Pride never leads us into a deeper relationship with God. Instead, it separates us from him by encouraging us to depend on our own power instead of on the power of Jesus Christ. It encourages that kind of behavior. And so in doing so, it separates us from God. It pulls us away from God. In in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7, Paul learned a valuable lesson in this area. He learned a valuable lesson. God allowed him to go through some severe trials in order to make sure, to the best of God's ability, that, that, the, that this whole temptation for pride would be limited. Listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians twelve seven: To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. You see, as a young man, as a young man, he was trained by some of the greatest, greatest scholars in, in Judaism. The great, in, their, in their culture, in their thought, these were the greatest scholars. Paul was trained by these men. He understood the law. Paul, make no mistake about it, before he came to Christ, Paul understood the law. And he would, he would hold that law with passion. He, 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 gave, he held, upheld the law with incredible zeal. <laughs> Yet when he came face to face with Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus, his life was changed forever. He was transformed. God got a hold of his life and transformed. He no longer viewed the world from the eyes of a human But God gave him revelation that was beyond what he had ever known before. So first, as a non-Christian, he's trained by some of the greatest minds in his culture. Then he becomes a believer in Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus, and God gives him revelation beyond what he'd ever experienced before. Great, right? Yeah, it's really great, except that there's a problem here. That knowledge comes with the potential for spiritual pride. God knew, God knew that Paul would not become the person he was purposed to be if he did not understand and grasp and, and, and experience humility. God knew that Paul would fall short if he didn't understand the truth of what humility is. Like everyone else, Paul struggled with, with temptation. Paul dealt with suffering in his life. And we remember back in verse 8, one of the trials was so severe, that thorn in his flesh, that he said he cried out three times for God to remove it. You see, it was through this time of weakness that Paul learned a new principle. With God, weakness is strength. With God, weakness is strength. When we're humbled before God, when he sees the meekness in our hearts, he pours out on us even greater blessing. He pours into our lives even more blessing and strength and power. When God sees that in your life, when you humble yourself, when you become meek in spirit, 
God sees that in your life and begins to pour his blessing on your life, into your life. He begins to pour more strength in your life. Paul knew this firsthand. He knew it firsthand. He was not going to desire any kind of boasting. He would not boast. He wasn't going to, to, to talk about how, how amazing his accomplishments were in the past because he believed the key to experiencing a victorious life was not in how great he was or how powerful he was, but how powerful God is working through him. He was not going to brag upon himself. He was not going to boast on his accomplishments because he wanted the power of Jesus Christ to work through him. Paul understood the the plan that God had for his life. And he knew the only way to accomplish what God had for him was to allow the Holy Spirit of God, the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, to flow through him. This is what he wrote in verse 9. Therefore I will boast all the more about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. I'm going to boast about my weaknesses. I'm going to embrace, listen to this madness, if you will, in this world's eyes. I'm going to boast to you about my weaknesses. I'm going to boast to you about the things that I'm not very good at accomplishing. So that the power of Jesus Christ, the power of God, will work through me. Because when I am weak, then I am strong. He understood that. He got it. He got it. He realized when God's in control of your life, there's nothing that you cannot accomplish. We are called to be strong... In Christ, in Philippians chapter four, in verse 19, it says this. And my God will meet all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. It comes through Christ Jesus. It's all in him. We need to find our strength in him. God knows that until we stop depending on our own strength, we will not turn over the reins of our lives to him. He knows it. And he wants us. He wants us to truly understand that truth so that we will then turn over the reins of our lives to him, that we will turn over all of who we are to him so he can, be help, he can help us become the person or the people that we are created to be. See, there are so many negative ways that people express themselves when they go through trials and temptations. They blame other people. There's a blame game going on. It's your fault that I'm going through this. Or they blame God. And when they blame God, they become bitter. They become angry. They become resentful. People will say, well, I don't understand why God is putting me through this. I don't understand why God will allow this to happen in my life. Maybe, maybe it's a loving God knocking on the door of your heart saying, hey, Your life is not going the way I planned. It's certainly not going the way you even planned. I have a better plan. Turn your life over to me. Humble yourself. Admit your weaknesses and allow me to work in a powerful way through your life. There is value. There is power in weakness because it helps you view your life under the light of God's grace And under the light of God's mercy, there is power in weakness. There is power in your humility. Listen, I know that people are capable of accomplishing, because some of you are probably thinking this, accomplishing great things in this world without having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Absolutely, boy, they they can climb the ladder to the top. 
They, they, they can buy the most amazing toys, build the most amazing places to live, travel around the world, but their life has no purpose. Their accomplishments, their conquests have no meaning and their soul is empty without having that connection with Jesus Christ. You, I, I, I can point out people that will blow you away when it comes to all the accomplishment, all the conquests of this world. What I'm telling you is, at the end of the day, without having that connection to God, it, is, it has no purpose, it has no meaning, and their souls, at the end of the day, will be empty. They will be like everyone else. They will be like Lee Iacocca. I got to the top and there was nothing there. And now he's spending his life trying to end world hunger. Smart man. He realized that without meaning, without purpose to your life, all this stuff is just an illusion. It's just an illusion. What the world considers strong is really nothing more than weakness in disguise. What they consider strong is nothing more than just weakness in disguise. Strength that has the ability to overcome the stresses and the difficulties of life can only come from one place. The eternal indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God, Jesus Christ living in you. That's where it comes from. One place. Everything else. Everything else is just an illusion. It is a house of cards, and sooner or later, the house of cards is going to fall. We need to recognize our weaknesses and the fact that we cannot handle them on our own, and then God can go to work in our lives. That's what I'm talking about here. Once we recognize our weaknesses and the fact that I, Jeff Greer, cannot handle them on my own, God is let loose in my life. He is, he is free to do his thing. He is free to go to work in your life and transform your life. He unleashes your true potential, who you were created to be. He sends power and encouragement that you could never have imagined before. You say, you get up there on Sunday mornings, you talk about this stuff, and I'm not experiencing it. Maybe you're not experiencing it because you're holding on to whatever it is that is keeping you from being the person that God created you to be, from experiencing the kind of the kind of the kind of joy the kind of peace the kind of challenges the kind of battles that he wants you to fight and win you're not experiencing those things because you're holding on to your own strength and your own power you you know you're going to you're going to do your thing you're going to hang on to it you're strong you can handle anything the world throws at you and so you sacrifice what God has for you the incredible life that God has for you to hold on to a mirage to mist, to wind, to nothing, to an illusion. Jeremiah's call for us to walk in the good way is empowered by God when we allow ourselves to let go and give it to him. We want to walk in the good way and experience everything that God has for us. It happens by the power of God. See, what God does when, when we allow him to in, invade our lives in that way is he awakens our imagination. He awakens our imagination. He helps us to explore new avenues and inspires new thoughts that bring hope and a new beginning to our lives. We can start over. Your life's not working out? Change the way you're living. 
Let go of the pride. Let go of your bootstraps. Let go of whatever you're digging down into and allow God to give you the strength that you need to accomplish what he has for you. As we close, I want you to think about this. What is the thorn in your life that exposes your deepest fear? Now, I don't know. You don't yell it out. I just want you to I want you to think about that. What is the thorn in your life? Paul had this thorn in his flesh. What is the thorn in your life that exposes your deepest fear? What is it? You need to release that to God. You need to release that to the God who loves you and let him strengthen you. Let him work through that weakness. Let him overcome all of those fears. Let him overcome all the abuse you faced in your past. Let him overcome all the challenges and the difficulties that you've been through, all the scars. Man, for some of you, if people could see the scars on the inside, on the outside, you'd be hideous because you've been through so much in your life. Let him give you the strength to overcome all those things. That's what he's saying to Paul. My friends, none of us enjoys feeling, enjoy feeling weak. We all want to believe that we can handle. I, I want to believe so much of the time in my life, I've moved on from much of it, but I can handle anything the world throws at me. There's nothing you throw, boy, you throw something, I can handle anything the world chooses to throw at me. We want to believe that. However, it's at the point of our greatest weakness that God comes in power and enables us to accomplish whatever he has in our lives, anything that he has for us. It's at the point of our weakness that we realize that trying to achieve greatness on our own is meaningless and leads to an empty life. That's what you have to understand. Take God out of the equation and that greatness that you're longing for, that what you're trying to achieve, it has no meaning and purpose. It only has meaning and purpose when there's a God who is orchestrating everything that's going on in your life. That's what he's saying. And I can help you achieve that, but it has to come through me. It's at the point of our weakness that we understand, we truly understand what this series is all about. Great to good. That the world's idea of and longing for this greatness that's there often is an external drive, an external drive of a life of fear, pride, and self-promotion. While walking in the good way, while we, while we, the idea of walking in the good way is an internal pull of a life surrendered to Jesus Christ. Forget the external pull of this world. Forget all they teach you. It's an illusion. It's a joke. It's a mirage. It's mist. Forget it all. And go for the reality. Seek after the truth. That when I am weak, then I am strong. Let's revisit, as we close here, Oz the Great and Powerful. I know what you're up to, wizard. What? Don't you love when Hollywood follows your sermon? It's like... <laughs> I saw that movie, I'm like, yes! <laughs> I can't wait to use that clip. And I can't believe the movie came out in time for me to use the clip. 
Greatness without Christ is an illusion. It's an illusion. My friends, strive to be good. To be the person that God called you and purposed for you to be. Turning your weaknesses over to God gives you the ability to bring to an end the difficulties that you're facing in your life right now. Bow your heads with me if you would as we close. Only Jesus Christ can calm the storms that are battering your life. Please listen to me. Not anything this world has to offer, not the illusion that they offer you, only Jesus Christ has the ability to calm the storms that are battering your life. Only he can provide the wisdom and discernment that you need to stand tall in times of trial and temptation. And this morning, as we close here out completely, I want want you to give your life to him. I want you to listen to these words in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 29. Some of you really need to hear this. All of us need to hear this. Come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and I will find rest for your souls. You will find that rest, my friends, for your souls in a relationship with Christ. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Pray this morning right now and ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart. In your mind, take the reins out of your hands and give them over to him. Let go of the steering wheel. Let go of the reins. Whatever, any, any mental picture you can put in your mind, let go of those things and give them over to Jesus Christ. Let him be the Lord of your life. Let him be the director of your life. Just ask him. Pray this prayer with me. Lord God, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that he died on the cross for my sins. Thank you, Lord, for the truth that in my weakness, I am truly strong. That you can overcome all the struggles and all the abuse and all the things that I went through in my life. That you can overcome that through me as I humble myself before you. I thank you. I ask you to fill me with your spirit that I may live a life that is dynamic and purposed after your will. I pray these things in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. I just want, as we close off here, I just want to encourage you to live in such a way, my friends, that, that, that the power that you are, the power that you're holding on to now the things that you're holding on to right now that you're willing to release. And if you prayed that prayer with me this morning, I want to make sure that you give me a call or maybe grab me here on the side and talk to me about it because I want to make sure that you have the, the tools that you need for the spiritual journey you're beginning. Have a great week.